As I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, if you're a guest of ours today, like if you've never been here before, you know, when Camden and I have guests over and uh, we entertain people, uh, you know, we'll clean the house, we'll prepare a meal, we'll cook the meal, we'll serve the meal, we'll eat the meal, we'll fellowship together, we'll, we'll have a great time. But how many of you know, if you come to my house as a guest, the expectation is that around 930 or so, you will, you'll leave. <laughs> that is not my expectation for you today. So even though we're calling you a guest, the invitation is open to you uh, to remain. You do not have to leave. I hope that you love Redeemer City Church, uh, which, by the way, is none of the production. It's none of the things, but it is the beautiful people that are seated all around you. You know, that is the, the beauty of what God is doing in the world, is that he's assembling a people and I hope you'll stick around for that. I am excited, though, next week uh, we're going to wrap up a, seri- a teaching series today uh, talking about Jesus. But next week we're going to start a brand new teaching series that I'm very excited for uh, called What Would Jesus Say To? And then we have a blank. You know, as we look around, there are a handful of things, uh, current events that Jesus has something to say to. And I want to invite you back for that conversation. It's going to be four weeks long. uh, And each week we're going to deal with something different. But next week we're we're going to ask the question, what would Jesus say to war? You know, as you get on the news of your choice, and I'm going to leave that alone today, I promise. But as you look around the world, it is it is easy to see uh, that things are broken and then to necessarily ask the question, if God is real, like where is he? Where is he in Ukraine? Where is he in the Middle East? Where is he in Venezuela? Where is he in all these places around the world uh, in our own country, that our own division? What, what would Jesus say? To Putin? What would Jesus say to Biden? What would Jesus say to Zelensky? We want to ask those questions because we don't believe that scripture or Jesus hides from those big questions. And so we're going we're gonna to kick that off next week and then we're going to go into another handful of things. And in that is Mother's Day and uh, we love to celebrate you moms and uh, we're going to talk about parenting on Mother's Day. And so it's going to be it's going to be a great it's going to be a great couple of weeks that uh, you are invited back for. However, today is Easter Sunday and you are here to hear me talk about Jesus. And so that's exactly what I am going to do, but the chances are today in our reality, in our context, in our context of life that you probably know the what You very likely did not stumble in here today because you've never heard the name of Jesus or you didn't know that those of us uh, who follow Jesus celebrate Jesus on Easter because we believe that he actually rose from the dead. You probably know the nuts and bolts of that story. Whether you believe it or not, you probably have heard That Christians celebrate Easter because we believe that Jesus physically, bodily stepped out of death and into life and then literally ascended into heaven before the eyes of his disciples. We're not crazy. We actually believe that happened. 
But I think the question behind the what is what's so important, whether you are a follower of Jesus or whether you are not a follower of Jesus. And if you're not, you're welcome here. As we all ask questions about life and faith and hope and joy and peace. And as we expect that our God will bring a different reality, a different perspective on life. But within that, I want to get behind that today. I want to go inside of that and ask the question, why? Because the what is what we celebrate and what we've been celebrating all morning and what we honestly as a church celebrate every single week. Every week is Resurrection Sunday for those of us who follow Jesus. But I want to ask the question, why? Why did Jesus need to die? I mean, if he was God, why couldn't he just, like, isn't there some other way? Why did he have to die? And why did he need to rise again? Why is the fact that he rose again, and I do say fact, why is that so important? Can we actually believe that? But as you begin to think about that, and as you begin to think about the why, I, I want to point out uh, kind of an obvious reality that you and I experience all the time. I want you to think about the moments in your life that have changed everything. Think about that. You've probably had a few moments in your life that everything changed. I want to give you four from my life. On May 26th, 2008, I walked out in front of a bunch of people, much like this, but it was outside, down in Sarasota, and it was a gorgeous day. And I watched Camden Alexander take the longest walk of her life down the aisle to stand in front of me, and we exchanged vows on that day. And how many of you know, everything changed for the good. On May 26, 2012, I was washing my car. (laughs) It took about an hour, just enjoying my Saturday, taking my time. It was a Monday, actually, I think. Was it a Monday? I forget. I was washing my car And I got into my car after washing it to about a hundred missed phone calls that it was go time that my firstborn son, Maddox David Kuhn, was on his way. And then he was born on May 26th and everything changed again. We understand these experiences, don't we? We go a little farther on September 24th, 2015, Camden and I returned home from Ethiopia That's in Africa (laughs) with a five-year-old little boy (laughs) who is no longer a little boy. He's a middle schooler. Pray for your pastor. (laughs) But we returned home with a five-year-old little boy that we could not communicate with, who in the restaurant in the airport climbed on top of the table and sat Indian style in the middle and just looked at me like, what are you going to do now? (laughs) I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> it was awesome and terrifying. And how many of you know? Everything changed. Everything changed in that moment. And it's never been the same. Now, Malachi Yadessa Kuhn is this fine young man. But I'm not done. On May, on a. Uh, 
uh, where is it? June 29th. <laughs> you didn't hear that. My wife's judging me hard right now. How are you going to forget a birthday? On June 29th, 2016. Mind you, I had two boys growing up in my house at this point. And on June 29th, 2016, come on church, how many of you know my little princess was born? Baylor K. And how many of you know, everything changed when the little girl came along and she is, I am unashamedly wrapped around her finger. Everything changed. Why do I tell you all that? Because we all understand and have these moments in life where everything changes changes i shared with you four wonderful ones but if we had the time to be honest with each other and to go around the room and i had the chance to be honest with you i could give you many more that were not nearly as wonderful as those four but were actually equally life-changing but in a broken way And we could go around the room and we all have those stories where everything changed. We could go to the Ukraine a few months ago and watch in mere moments that everything changed. If you were alive in this country on September 11th, you would have seen in mere moments everything changed. This is part of our human experience. We, we all have these moments where things change. And on a weekend 2,000 years ago to two women who would walk to a tomb named Mary, because let's be honest, when Jesus died on the cross and was put in the grave, it was a couple of dudes who prepared his body for burial. How of you know that Mary and Mary said, well, if Peter, James, and John were responsible for prepping that body, we better go. We better go check on it and uh, do it right. You know, like it's kind of that guys, you know, what I'm talking about, right? You're like, hey, babe, I clean the kitchen. And then she goes and cleans the kitchen. Am I preaching any of the ladies in the room today? You're not. You're like, it's Easter. I'm not going to get in a fight. Everything changed because of what happened on that weekend. Listen to it in Luke chapter 24. Verses 1 through 8, it says, on the first day of the week, why do we gather on Sunday? Because it was the day that Jesus rose. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, bringing spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. So they went in, but they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. This is the what. This is what took place. This is a historical fact. These are the things that took place. But I want you to... Listen to what happens to them where everything changes. Here's what it says. While they were perplexed about this, while they were considering what was going on in front of them, suddenly, put yourself there, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes show up. Crazy. The women were terrified and bowed to the ground. Maybe we don't identify with that. Two angels in white show up. But it's not just the fact that they showed up that was so arresting for Mary and Mary. 
It's the question that he asked Mary and Mary, and it's the question that I would ask you today. No matter where you find yourself as a follower of Jesus for years, or maybe you're not. Mary and Mary were followers of Jesus, and the question was asked of them. Here it is. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? If we could just be honest with each other that in our experience, every day of this life here on this earth is an exercise in looking for the living among the dead. We chase life. We chase satisfaction in so many ways and yet they never deliver on their demands, do they? They never deliver on their promises. Verse 6 says, He is not here. He has risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee, saying, It is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And in that moment, what's it say? They remembered His words. About 15 years later, in a letter that St. Paul would write to a group of churches in a region called Galatia, he said these kind of astonishing words. He says, but as for me, I will never boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus. The world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world for both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. Cultural things that matter in the day. You and I would put something else in there besides circumcision. But the point was, is that all the things that were going on in their religious world and all the things that were going on in the world around them, all of it meant nothing except for this one thing. What matters instead is a new creation. May peace come to all those who follow this standard. I want to say it to you this way today. If the tomb of Jesus Christ is empty, if that is truly what took place, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything in your life and my life is different if that actually took place. Because like those Marys, our faith is built on an event. A historical event. Our faith is rooted in something that took place. Our faith is rooted in that event surrounding a person named Jesus. Who is a historically agreed upon person. His life is not disputed. And here's what's awesome. That event that changed everything for Mary and Mary's world is the same event that changes everything in your world. Because Jesus is one of three things, and this is not original to me, but it's what Christians have been thinking about for hundreds of years. Jesus is one of only three things. He's either a liar, he's either a lunatic, or he's Lord. And that's the question that I want to invite you to wrestle with today as you think it through because Jesus is the most influential human being to have ever lived. More songs have been sung about him. 
More songs have been written about him. More paintings have been done. More artwork has been made. More people in the history of the world have worshipped this person. Millions and billions of people have worshipped this person. And in fact, no other world religion has their founder claimed to be God. He is a one of one. And so Jesus has either pulled off the greatest hoax of all time in which millions of people have been duped or he's a very disturbed individual that actually needed help. Or my suggestion to you today is that Jesus is who he said he was. I want to suggest to you that because the tomb is empty, back in A.D. 33, everything can change for you right here today in 2022. Why? Why? Why does the fact that Jesus stepped out of that tomb and ascended into heaven in front of his followers matter for you right now because Paul says there in Galatians 6 that nothing really matters or counts for anything but only a new creation there's only one thing since the beginning of humans human time that people like Mary and Mary sought for the living among the dead Can we just have a moment of of honesty, of reality, that even for those of us who follow Jesus and have for a long, long time, we wake up and we look for the living among the dead. Maybe you're sitting here today and you are seeing that things are broken. Maybe you've been looking to satisfy the deepest parts of your soul with temporary things. Marriage, kids, work, money, stuff. And I don't think any of us would admit to it today, but all of us would be guilty of it. And you would fill in the blank with whatever it was that you are chasing after. But if we were to step back and say, if all of this was taken away, what would my life be left with? Here at Redeemer, we believe that God created every human being on purpose, that he has never made a mistake in allowing a life to come into this world. Don't you love that kid's song? I've sung it here before. It's like red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Why do we teach our kids that? Because it's an altogether different reality than you experience in this world. That as the church gathers, every dividing wall of hostility that is known to man comes crashing down because every person was made on purpose by God. And out of that, you have a specific purpose. The creator of the vacuum created the vacuum for a specific purpose. And if that vacuum is not vacuuming, it's not doing what it was made for. It's better examples than a vacuum, but it's what I had. You're tracking with me, though. God, we believe, created everything. And when all was made, he looked at humanity and said, no, no, this is good. This is very good. But I also want to point out, as you sit here, that God, that scripture, is also honest about the reality in which we find ourselves. 
That things are not as they are supposed to be. That when God put Adam and Eve on this earth, that it only took a matter of moments for them to turn and try to do things their own way. And so sin entered the world, and sin has a lot of baggage that comes with it, but what God calls sin has separated us from Him. Why do we talk about the cross? Why do we talk about the resurrection? Because we all, as we look around and as we look in our own heart, we all have this problem that God calls sin. But instead of thinking about that from a guilty perspective, I want you to think about it from the perspective of everything that keeps you separated from God and from the purpose that He made you for is sin. And to repent of that, maybe you've heard an old preacher back in the day get up and pound on the pulpit and tell you you're going to hell and you need to turn and turn or burn, right? I want to paint a totally different picture for you that if you are walking through this life trying to figure out what it is that you're here for, I want to suggest to you today that repentance is simply a term that means to turn around and go a different direction. It means to turn from the ways that you're trying to find satisfaction and turn towards His because He made you and so He knows you and He has a purpose for you. Things are broken and you can look around and see that. But sin is actually an archery term. All it means is that you've missed the mark. Sin is simply missing the mark. Sin is actually the thing that separates us from God. Why? Why does the fact that I'm not everything I'm supposed to be separate me from God? Because God, the Bible says God's ways are higher than our ways, right? That's actually a good thing. There should be some things that are about God that I don't understand, otherwise he wouldn't be God, right? There should be some things that are higher than me that I can't understand, or he wouldn't be God, he'd be equal with me. But to miss the mark is simply the fact that there's something that separates us from the one who made us. It's our sin. And we needed a way to be made right with him because God is two things. God is love, yes. But God is also holy. And he cannot compete against his own character. Think about that. God cannot compete against his own character, but here's the thing, and those of you who go to Redeemer, we talk about it all the time, the thing that separates the God of the Bible from every other religion in the world is that when you look at your sin, this God did not leave you to fend for yourself. There's no amount of good works, there's no amount of money, there's no amount of anything that you can bring to the table that will make you right with God. This is the historic confession of the church for thousands of years. This is what billions of people have surrendered their life to. That what the Bible says is apart from Jesus, you can do nothing to make yourself right with God. And yet, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped out of heaven and came. This is the thing that separates Christianity from every other religion. Is that there is nothing you can do to rise to the occasion. There's no amount of things you can do to make yourself right with God, but instead Jesus came to make a way for you to be right with God. Why did Jesus need to die? Why did he have to rise to life three days later? To make the way for us to be made right with the Creator, God.
to find peace, to find satisfaction. The church has called that shalom for thousands of years, to be made whole. That there's a God-shaped hole in every one of our hearts, and until we surrender to that, to Him, we'll never find what we're looking for. The most famous Bible verse in all the Bible is John chapter 3, verse 16. And I want to read verse 16 to you, but I also want to read verse 17. Because if you're not a follower of Jesus, I think verse 17 is equally as important as 16 because Christianity has a PR problem. Those of us who are Christians, we're still sinners. We're still hypocrites. So there's a PR problem, but this sets it correct. Here's what the Bible says in John 3.16. You've probably heard it. It says, For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son so that, there's the why, so that everyone who believes in Him would not perish. Some of you walked in here today. And in your life, you're perishing. You're empty. You're void. You need something to fill the void in your heart. Everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God, here's verse 17. This is so important. For God did not, this is the PR problem. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. Some of you have been told that God's here to condemn the world. And I just want to tell you today that there's good news that Jesus did not come into this world to condemn people, but in fact, to save the world through him. Why did Jesus die? Why did he have to die? Why did he rise again? So that you and I could be made right with God and have a chance to be made right with each other. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Everyone who believes in him will not perish those are inseparably connected god is not an angry old man in the sky he's actually a loving father who gave his son to come and die for us to create the pathway to peace that pathway as i mentioned is called repentance and it just simply means to turn around and go a different direction you may have walked in here today going one way your way and are recognizing now That Jesus has an altogether different way, and it's a good way. He'd love to make you a new creation today. The Bible says when you confess Jesus as Lord, you surrender your life to Him, that old things are gone and new things come. If your life is not everything you imagined it would be, I want to invite you to the team. (laughs) Join the crowd. Life is full of disappointments, but Jesus is not one of those. Let God make you a new creation today. In a couple minutes, if you are interested in that or have questions about that, I'm going to have Jerome just walk around. Everybody's going to bow their heads here in a minute and not look around because our intention is never to embarrass you. Whether you've been coming to Redeemer for five years or whether you are visiting today, and uh, you know, no matter where you are, our intention is not to embarrass you, but our intention is to help you. Find a purpose for your life. And Jerome's going to walk around here in just a couple minutes with a book that I just want to give you free of charge that will help you navigate what that looks like to follow Jesus and find your purpose. That's the why. Paul wrote to other friends of his in a city called Rome. You ever heard of it? And he said this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. 
you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart what? What is the thing that we celebrate? That God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness. It's free. And confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. That's the why. It's why Jesus had to die. It's why the resurrection is so powerful. The response to that is the easy part, right? The response to that is the easy part. To confess Jesus as Lord, though, is the hard part. To admit that I'm not the best one to run my life is a difficult thing to admit. So while it's so easy, it's so difficult. But there's good news for you today. I want to give you a visible illustration of why this is good news for you today. The church is more like a hospital than it is anything else. Because here's the reality. If you are following Jesus today, just put your hand up. And if you're not, no, no shame. Just put it up. Okay. Lots of hands all over the place. You can put it down. Everybody who just raised their hand, we just got to the hospital before you. We're not better than you. We don't know something you don't know. But we do know a person that you need to know. Amen? And so if you're here today and you, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I want to invite you to do that today. I don't know why you're in the room today, but I believe you're in the room today to consider either for the first time or for the hundredth time or for the hundred and fiftieth time, is Jesus who he said he was? And if he is, then if that tomb is empty, then everything changes. I want to invite you to do that. To surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus. That King Jesus is most qualified to run your life because he created your life. And he loves you. And he gave up his life so that you could find life. I want to invite you to do that today. And and again, we're not going to make you walk the aisle or we're not going to make you do anything crazy. But I do want to just invite you as the band comes up and begins to play to consider Jesus today. That there is no greater decision whether you choose to follow or you choose not to follow. It is the decision that has the most consequences that this life has to offer. If you find yourself this morning ready to make that confession, I want to just invite you to pray something in the quietness of your heart as you sit there. Just have everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. And just listen to the music and consider where it is that you are today. I want you to know that to turn and go God's direction with your life is as simple as saying a prayer to Him, directly to Him. One of the things that separates Christianity from 
some of the other religions that are close to it is that you don't need somebody in between you and God. You can actually go straight to God and have a conversation. If you want to make that decision today to confess Jesus and begin that new creation, that new life, it's as simple as this. You can pray something like this along with me in the quietness of your heart. Something like this. God, I see today that my sin has separated me from you and from the purpose that you have made me for. I confess you as Lord of my life and I want to follow your way. I believe that you rose from the dead that first Easter and I'm ready to be a new creation. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe it's the tenth time but you understand it for the first time I want to invite you there's nobody looking around everybody's got their eyes closed but Pastor Jerome's just going to walk the aisle if you'd like to have that book that I referenced that'll just help you take those first steps as he begins to pass by would you just slip your hand up and let him hand you a book we're not going to embarrass anybody if you're watching online today or you find this later uh, if you're interested in that book just shoot us an email shoot it directly to me mitch at redeemertampa.com i would love to send you that book and pray for you as he's walking around if you are interested in following jesus i would love to pray for you if you would just slip your hand up real quick you can put it back down um, i would just love to know and pray for you you would do that now thank you I also know that in moments like these the Holy Spirit works but we wrestle with doing those things so if you either after service or if you're watching online uh, are interested in the book or interested in having a conversation please feel free to do that we would love nothing more than to do that with you if you are a follower of Jesus you know one of the beautiful things about Easter is that Easter is not just for somebody who isn't following Jesus Easter is for those of us that are following Jesus We, we are guilty of looking for the living among the dead. And I want to invite you, if you are a follower of Jesus, to take that next step as well. Maybe you need the book. Maybe you have followed Jesus with your life or you've confessed him as Lord, but it hasn't changed anything for you. I want to invite you to take your next step. It might be grabbing that book and digging in to what it looks like to follow Jesus. It might be getting in growth track and letting us help walk you through what it looks like to follow the purpose that God made you for. That's going to start here in just a couple weeks. I need you to sign up for that. It might be getting in a city group, taking that next step of taking down the mask and getting in relationship with other people who follow Jesus want to help you do that you can sign up back at info central you can get online 
look at the groups, sign up that way. Uh, we want to help you follow Jesus.